Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the <clears throat> original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top menu for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same menu, there is another link that will let you subscribe to an excellent daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, with Section 3, The Shadow of Guilt. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which is Lesson 145 with the centralizing thought for the review. My mind holds only what I think with God and reviews lessons 129. Beyond this world, there is a world I want and lesson 130. It is impossible to see two worlds. And that... uh, that would be led by friend again this morning. All right. Uh, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a, one of your lovely poetic openings for this call? I do. And I really think it's great for today's idea. It's from David John Modica in his work, Signs Along the Path. And it goes like this. We have an existence that transcends the physical. We are an energetic being created by love. Love is the breath of the entire cosmos, the breath of existence. You and I are the breath of love's existence. When this is understood, you will look at this world as nothing but love. You will see yourself and all its creatures in love's various stages of development. Live here, and love's light will shine its brightest in you. Live here and live in love's eternal existence. Beyond this world is the world I want. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. I think I can do that. Thank you, Lori. 
<laughs> Thanks, you guys. Oh, thank you, Lori. Okay. Almost skipped over the reading list. Uh, what's us in reading this morning? I have Lori, Harrison, Fran, Karen, Donna, Robin Marie, and Jessica. And Jude is listening. Is there anyone else who's joined the call? Would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning. This is Kristen. I'll be listening. Thank you. Good morning, Kristen. All right, I'll get us started then with Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, Section 3, The Shadow of Guilt. Guilt remains the only thing that hides the father, for guilt is the attack upon his son. The guilty always condemn, and having done so, they will condemn, linking the future to the past, as is the ego's law. Fidelity unto this law lets no light in, for it demands fidelity to darkness, and forbids awakening. The ego's laws are strict and breaches are severely punished. Therefore, give no obedience to its laws, for they are laws of punishment. And those who follow them believe that they are guilty, and so they must condemn. Between the future and the past, The laws of God must intervene if you would free yourself. Atonement stands between them like a lamp that shines so brightly that the chain of darkness in which you bound yourselves will disappear. Lori. Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, Section 3, Shadow of Guilt. Guilt remains the only thing that hides the father, for guilt is the attack upon his son. The guilty always condemn, and having done so, they will condemn, linking the future to the past, as is the ego's law. Fidelity unto this law lets no light in, for it demands fidelity to darkness and forbids awakening. The ego's laws are strict, and breaches are severely punished. Therefore, give no obedience to its laws, for they are the laws of punishment, and those who follow them believe that they are guilty, and so they must condemn. Between the future and the past, the laws of God must intervene if you would free yourselves. Atonement stands between them like a lamp that shines so brightly that the chain of darkness in which you have bound yourselves will disappear. 12. Release from guilt is the ego's whole undoing. 
make no one fearful for his guilt is yours and by obeying the ego's harsh commandments you bring its condemnation of yourself and you will not escape the punishment it offers those who obey it the ego rewards fidelity to it with pain for faith in it is pain and faith can be rewarded only in terms of the belief in which the faith was placed faith makes the power of belief and where it is invested determines its reward for faith is always given what is treasured and what is treasured is returned to you uh, thank you Lori and Harrison release from guilt is the ego's hold on make no one fearful for his guilt is yours and by obeying the ego's harsh commandments you bring its condemnation of yourself and you will not escape the punishment it offers those who obey it the ego rewards fidelity to it with pain for faith in it is pain and faith can be rewarded only in terms of the belief in which the faith was placed faith makes the power of belief and where it is invested determines its reward for faith is always given what is treasured and what is treasured is return to you 13 the world can give you only what you gave it for being nothing but your own projection it has no meaning apart from what you found in it and place your faith in be faithful unto darkness and you will not see because your faith will be rewarded as you gave it you will accept your treasure and if you place your faith in the past the future will be like it whatever you hold dear you think is yours the power of your valuing will make it so thank you Harrison and Fran 13 
The world can give you only what you gave it. For being nothing but your own projection, it has no meaning apart from what you found in it and placed your faith in. Be faithful unto darkness and you will not see because your faith will be rewarded as you gave it. You will accept your treasure and if you place your faith in the past, the future will be like it. Whatever you hold as dear, you think is yours. The power of your valuing will make it so. 14. Atonement brings a re-evaluation of everything you cherish, for it is the means by which the Holy Spirit can separate the false and the true, which you have accepted into your minds without distinction. Therefore, you cannot value one without the other, and guilt has become as true for you as innocence. You do not believe the Son of God is guiltless, because you see the past and see him not. When you condemn a brother, you are saying, I, who was guilty, chose to remain so. You have denied his freedom, and by so doing, you have denied the witness unto yours. You could as easily have freed him from the past and lifted from his mind the cloud of guilt that binds him to it. And in his freedom, you would have been your own. Uh, thank you, Bren. And Karen. 14. Atonement brings reevaluation of everything you cherish, for it is the means by which the Holy Spirit can separate the false and the true, which you have accepted into your minds without distinction. Therefore, you cannot value one without the other. And guilt has become as true for you as innocence. You do not believe the Son of God is guiltless because you see the past and see him not. When you condemn a brother, you are saying, I who was guilty choose to remain so. You have denied his freedom, and by so doing, you have denied the witness to yours you could as easily have freed him from the past and lifted his mind lifted from his mind the cloud of guilt that binds him to it and in his freedom would have been your own 15 lay not his guilt upon him for his guilt lies in his secret that he thinks that he has done this unto you. Would you then teach him that he is right in his delusion? The idea that the guiltless son of God can attack himself and make himself guilty is insane. In any form, in anyone, believe this not. For sin and condemnation are the same and the belief in one is faith in the other, falling for punishment instead of love. Nothing can justify insanity, and to call for punishment upon yourself must be insane. Well, thank you, Karen. And Donna. <coughs> 
15. Lay not his guilt upon him, for his guilt lies in his secret that he thinks that he has done this unto you. Would you then teach him that he is right in his delusion? The idea of the guiltless son of God can attack himself and make himself guilty is insane. In any form, in any one, believe this not. For sin and condemnation are the same, and the belief in one is safe in the other, calling for punishment instead of love. Nothing can justify insanity, and to call for punishment upon yourself must be insane. 16. See no one, then, as guilty, and you will affirm the truth of guiltlessness unto yourself. In every condemnation that you offer, the Son of God lies the conviction of your own guilt. If you would have the Holy Spirit make you free of it, accept his offer of atonement for all your brothers. For so you learn that it is true for you. Remember always that it is impossible to condemn the Son of God in part. Those whom you see as guilty become the witnesses to guilt in you. And you will see it there. For it is there until it is undone. Guilt is always in your mind which has condemned itself. Project not, for while you do, it cannot be undone. With everyone whom you release from guilt, great is the joy in heaven, where the witnesses to your fatherhood rejoice. Uh, Thank you, Donna. And... Robin Marie. See no one, then, as guilty, and you will affirm the truth of guiltlessness unto yourself. In every condemnation that you offer the Son of God lies the conviction of your own guilt. If you would have the Holy Spirit make you free of it, Accept his offer of atonement for all your brothers, for so you learn that it is true for you. Remember always that it is impossible to condemn the Son of God in part. Those whom you see as guilty become the witnesses to guilt in you, and you will see it there, for it is there until it is undone. Guilt is always in your own mind which has condemned itself. Project it not, for while you do, it cannot be undone. With everyone whom you release from guilt, great is the joy in heaven, where the witnesses to your fatherhood rejoice. 17. Guilt makes you blind, for while you see one spot of guilt within you, you will not see the light. And by projecting it, The world seems dark and shrouded in your guilt. You throw a dark veil over it and cannot see it, 
because you cannot look within. You are afraid of what you would see there, but it is not there. The thing you fear is gone. If you would look within, you would see only the atonement shining in quiet and in peace upon the altar to your Father. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. 17. Guilt makes you blind. For while you see one spot of guilt within you, you will not see the light. And by projecting it, the world seems dark and shrouded in your guilt. You throw a dark veil over it and cannot see it because you cannot look within. You are afraid of what you would see there, but it is not there. The thing you fear is gone. If you would look within, you would see only the atonement, dining in quiet and in peace upon the altar to your father. 18. Do not be afraid to look within. The ego tells you all is black with guilt within you and bids you not to look. Instead, it bids you look upon your brothers and see the guilt in them. Yet this you cannot do without remaining blind. For those who see their brothers in the dark and guilty in the dark in which they shroud them, are too afraid to look upon the light within. Within you is not what you believe is there and what you put your faith in. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 18 and 19? This is Sandra. I can read. Please do. 18. Do not be afraid to look within. The ego tells you all is black with guilt within you and bids you not to look. Instead, it bids you to look upon your brothers and see the guilt in them. Yet this you cannot do without remaining blind. For those who see their brothers in the dark and guilty in the dark in which they shroud them are too afraid to look upon the light within. Within you is not what you believe is there and what you put your faith in. 19. Within you is the holy sign of perfect faith your Father has in you. He does not value you as you do. He knows himself and knows the truth in you. He knows there is no difference, for he knows not of differences. Can you see guilt where God knows there is perfect innocence? You can deny his knowledge, but you cannot change it. Look then upon the light he placed within you and learn that what you feared was there, has been replaced with love. 
Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 19? Another new reader to complete with 19? Okay, back to you, Lori. Then you is the holy sign of perfect faith your Father has in you. He does not value you as you do. He knows himself and knows the truth in you. He knows there is no difference, for he knows not of differences. Can you see guilt where God knows there is perfect innocence? You can deny his knowledge, but you cannot change it. Look then upon the light he placed within you and learn that what you feared was there has been replaced with love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. You mind if I read that again and personalize it? I uh, no, I don't. I don't, Harrison. I, I almost called for anyone to read it. <laughs> but you go ahead. <laughs> I'll be anyone. Uh, within me is the holy sign of perfect faith my Father has in me. He does not value me as I do. He knows himself and knows the truth in me. He knows there is no difference. For he knows not of differences. Can I see guilt where God knows there is perfect innocence? I can deny his knowledge, but I cannot change it. I look upon the light he placed within me and learn that what I feared was there has been replaced with love. God, I love that. Bravo. Beautiful. Thank Thank you, Harrison. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that could stand for a summary for the section, but let me let me go through it. Um, this section from per se in the chapter from perception to knowledge. 
This section is the shadow of guilt. Um, guilt remains the only thing that hides the father, for guilt is the attack upon his son. The guilty always condemn, and having done so, they will condemn, linking the future to the past, as is the ego's law. Between the future and the past, the laws of God must intervene if you would free yourselves. Atonement stands between the future and the past like a lamp that shines so brightly that the chain of darkness in which you bound yourselves will disappear. Release from guilt is the ego's whole undoing. Make no one fearful, for his guilt is yours, and by obeying the ego's harsh commandments, you bring its condemnation of yourself, and you will not escape the punishment it offers those who obey it. Faith makes the power of belief, and where it is invested determines its reward. For faith is always given what is treasured, and what is treasured is returned to you. The world can give you only what you gave it, for being nothing but your own projection. It has no meaning apart from what you found in it and placed your faith in. Be faithful unto darkness and you will not see, because your faith will be rewarded as you gave it. You will accept your treasure, and if you place your faith in the past, the future will be like the past. Whatever you hold as dear, you think is yours. The power of your valuing will make it so. Atonement brings a reevaluation of everything you cherish, for it is the means by which the Holy Spirit can separate the false and the true, which you have accepted into your minds without distinction. When you condemn a brother, you are saying, I who is guilty choose to remain so. You have denied his freedom, and by so doing you have denied the witness unto yours. You could have as easily have freed him from the past and lifted from his mind the cloud of guilt that binds him to it, and then his freedom would have been your own. Lay not his guilt upon him, for his guilt lies in, in his secret thought that he thinks that he has done this unto you. The idea that the guiltless Son of God can attack himself and make himself guilty is insane. In any form, in anyone, believe this not. Nothing can justify insanity, and to call for punishment upon yourself must be insane. If 
You would have the Holy Spirit make you free of guilt, accept his offer of atonement for all your brothers, for so you learn that it is true for you. Guilt is always in your own mind, which has condemned itself. <clears throat> project it not, for while you do project it, it cannot be undone. With everyone whom you release from guilt, great is the joy in heaven, where the witnesses to your fatherhood rejoice. Guilt makes you blind, for while you see one spot of guilt within you, you will not see the light. And by projecting it, the world seems dark and shrouded in your guilt. You throw a dark veil over it and cannot see it, because you cannot look within. You are afraid of what you would see there, but it is not there. The thing you fear is gone. If you would look within, you would see only the atonement, shining in quiet and in peace upon the altar to your Father. Do not be afraid to look within. Within you is not what you believe is there and what you put your face in. <clears throat> Within you is the holy sign of perfect faith your Father has in you. He does not value you as you do. He knows himself and knows the truth in you. He knows there is no difference, for he knows not of differences. Can you see guilt where God knows there is perfect innocence? You can deny his knowledge, but you cannot change it. Look then upon the light he placed within you and learn that what you feared was there has been replaced by love. Oh, that was beautiful, Lemoyne. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Lemoyne. Mm -hmm. You are welcome. You are welcome. Um, <laughs> we have just a few minutes before the top of the hour. If someone has a quick share. I do. It's Karen. Um, I see, I see a brother and I feel a condemnation of that person and I don't want to. And so I'm trying to look within to see that it's my guilt. And I am also saying, this isn't real. I'm imagining this. This is not the truth. He's innocent. But it doesn't seem to dissipate it. You know, I've said many times, this isn't real, he's innocent. And I've looked within and I've tried to find what I'm not, what where my guilt is that I project, that's in me, that I keep projecting externally. 
I'd ask the Holy Spirit to undo it and show me. I've even introspected and, and said, well, I guess I feel guilty about this or that. I'm like, give it to God. But it still seems to be there. And it still seems to happen with more than one person. Um, so I feel like I'm not doing something right. I can't seem to figure out how to follow this instruction. I'm complete. Well, Karen, I relate. Uh, this is this is my practice, and it can be useful to find that condemnation so it can be released. But I think the method that is is uh, prescribed is not to look for that for the witnesses to the ego, but to look for the altar, uh, the atonement instead. And that, <laughs> and either that spark of life, which is within all life, will be found, or you'll find the barrier instead. So that the, seems paradoxical, but that's a good way to find the barrier is to look for the light and uh, the barrier will, the shadow of guilt <clears throat> will be seen more clearly then. Um, and uh, it is a matter of choice, I think, is what he's talking about, what is valued. Um, that what need be valued is simple. It's just ourselves as we were created. And um, even to look for what I'm doing wrong is always an emphasis and placing value on that wrongness rather than what it hides. I've gotten so good at hiding it that we forget sometimes the purpose of what it is to seek and find. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. Thank you, Lemoyne. I'll try that. And really quickly, um, before we do the lesson, I think there's a step that I have to follow in order to um, get some relief from the the um, contraction, which um, is when things aren't looking the way we I think they're supposed to look, and that is that is the faith and absolute trust that my and everyone who's concerned, highest and best, is being served at all times. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. This is Donna. I have something from 14, which I think will, I got, which will lead to our study. Guilt binds everyone. Belief misleads knowing 
redeems. I am complete. Suffer, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. That was perfect. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think that was Mindy requested you do it softer. Would you repeat that last line again, Donna? Yes, please. Just take yourself off speakerphone. Okay, um, if you repeated it, Donna, you did it on mute. I'm sorry, but it was also on mute. Uh, guilt, uh, 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 paragraph 14, starts with the word atonement, which is what brought this uh, gift to me. Guilt binds everyone. Belief misleads. Knowing redeems. I am complete. Perfect. Thank you, Donna. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Donna. Thank you for your thoughts, Donna. They're not mine. (laughs) I'm just conveying them. Well, one turned into several. <laughs> That's just perfect. But now I think it's time to turn to our <clears throat> to the lesson for the day under the centralizing thought, my mind holds only what I think was God. Would you lead us in the lesson, friend? Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on the fourth review. And today we're on lesson 145. My mind holds only what I think with God. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. It is impossible to see two worlds. I shall read some from the introduction, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. My mind holds only what I think with God. Lack of forgiveness blocks this thought from its awareness, yet it is forever true. Let us begin our preparation with some understanding of the many forms in which the lack of true forgiveness may be carefully concealed. Because they are illusions, they are not perceived to be but what they are, defenses which protect your unforgiving thoughts from being seen and recognized. Their purpose is to show you something else and hold correction off through self-deceptions made to take its place. And yet your mind holds only what you think with God. Your self-deceptions cannot be 
take the place of truth. No more than can a child who throws a stick into the ocean change the coming and the going of the tides, the warming of the water by the sun, the silver of the moon on it by night. So do we start each practice period in this review which readying our minds to understand the lessons that we read and see the meaning which they offer us. So we'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 145. My mind holds only what I think with God. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. It is impossible to see two worlds.
Lesson 145. My mind holds only what I think with God. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. It is impossible to see two worlds. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. And thanks, friend. Welcome. And this is Ida. Good morning. Um, this, these lessons put me in mind of the title of another lesson, which is, I Loose the World from All I Thought It Was. I'm complete. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. It's also impossible to see two Harrison's two eyes. I can only see. Excuse me. And truth. What God created. That's all that exists. That's who I am. That's who you are. This section, especially that last paragraph, is so powerful because it speaks to me about who I truly am and who you truly are. (coughs) Excuse me. And regardless of how I saw myself the minute before or even how I see myself a minute after this year. God sees only the truth in me. And I can choose to see only the truth in me as he does. He doesn't care what I've done as a body. He doesn't care about my past. He doesn't care about my ethnicity or my gender or any of those things has no effect whatsoever 
on how God sees me. God sees me as his perfect creation. He sees all of us as his perfect creation. Doesn't matter what we've done and what we've called the past. Doesn't matter what we've done a minute ago. Or what our thoughts might be. He knows there is no difference between us and him. And I'm so pleased about that. I hope I can go rejoicing through the day. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Yeah, thank, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, let's see. I can I can share what's real for me today. And and in my meditation this morning, um, I I asked I asked the question: How does God think differently than me? <laughs> because my mind holds only what I think with God. That that led me to an interesting place. And that place is um, this. What is false and what is true uh, depend on each other in a way that my mind uh, constructs. One thing is true because the other thing is false. One thing is false because the other thing is true. They both depend on each other for their truth. You know, it's like black and white. Black depends on white for its blackness. White depends on black for its whiteness. See what I'm saying? The mind, um, the mind thinks like that. And and so I asked, how can I, how can I see this? And I was given a word for the day. <laughs> and oftentimes that happens as a way for me to organize and understand what Holy Spirit wants me to see. And what the word for the day was uh, today was binary. And I sat and thought about that word. I always look it up. What's the definition of binary that he wants me to understand? And uh, there's a lot of interesting definitions for the word binary. But basically, it means uh, like on or off, like black or white, like yes or no. 
my mind um, was conditioned to think that way in a binary way I'll accept this because I reject that I will reject this because I accept that I'm locked into my mind seems to be locked into a binary world a binary way of seeing but this lesson and these these lessons in this review all start with my mind holds only what I think with God so then my question was is God a binary thinker well now I'm getting somewhere no God is not a binary thinker God um, source we know understand and believe is love which created me us the Son like itself of course God's not a binary thinker it's an interesting search I, I thought, okay what would happen if I put into the search engine God plus thinks that was fun <laughs> uh, because it affirmed to me that no God does not think in a binary way to God everything is like himself I am as God created me unalterable unchangeable but somewhere I got this idea in my mind that I can sort the world in a binary fashion I can decide what this is because it's not that I can say what this is because it's not that I can look at my brother and say what he is because he's not this and pretty soon I'm confused about what's inside me and what's outside me and what's mine and what's God all because I've I've turned my mind into a sorting engine I'll accept this because I won't accept that I'll say truth is true because there's false that shows it's true see um, so how do I get liberated from that uh, this is this is a really interesting way to see this Holy Spirit I was really really glad to see it because the only way to release my mind from binary thinking is to find a whole idea remember ideas don't leave the mind if I'm holding this idea because the opposite is true I'm locked into opposites but God doesn't believe in opposites so how do I get free of opposites I need one idea that's wholly true regardless of circumstance place time or situation I need one idea that's wholly true and that idea is an idea that God thinks when I can agree that God thinks in a whole way God has a whole idea and his whole idea will release me from binary thinking that I'm starting to get an understanding of what it is I really want I don't want binary thinking because it hurts me it's it separates me from everything by this arbitrary sorting I don't want binary thinking I need a true idea and it says this one one true idea that's so beautiful he says no one no one can fail 
who commends his spirit into the hands of his father by doing so all level confusion vanishes everything binary that's not exactly the quote but the essence of it is all binariness all opposites disappear because now I've placed my mind in its true position its true north its true reference point and from that reference point this very useful idea reference point from that reference point I understand there is no opposite to love there just simply isn't he uses the word alter throughout this work in a very interesting way as a reference point that reference point being everything worthy everything worthy isn't sorted by binariness it's just worthiness and when I can place my mind before that altar I open myself for the worthiness that he'd like me to see and that is the worthiness of the soul now the soul was created perfect he says the soul is in a state of grace forever the only thing real about me is my soul and that soul has joined with in creation the Creator nothing can change that worthiness uh, is absolute because there is no opposite it's only my mind that thinks that way but when I serve this truth when I place my mind before this altar I'm given one true idea that one true idea independent of all binary thinking is holiness and love just holiness and love and when I can align myself with holiness and love I've no longer placed myself in a binary thinking mode where I reject and accept reject and accept on the basis of opposites because love has no opposite holiness has no opposite those are true ideas on the altar he says these altars to God in our hearts are eternally fixed in us unalterable unchangeable and they're not things they're devotions what am I devoted to I'm devoted to truth without opposite one true idea and that's the atonement God has placed the atonement on the altar for you he says and when I accept that this binary thinking of innocence and guilt disappears it just disappears he says you know, there's a beautiful Bible quote that I can meditate into in order to understand this altar and, and it's and it's in the Psalms I believe or it might be in Isaiah but anyway uh, the quote is as far as the East is from the West so far have I removed your sins from you sin is an idea based on binary thinking because sin depends on its opposite innocence 
innocence in my mind seems to depend on its opposite guilt and what I do with those two ideas is throw them around and as I throw them around I cast a veil on truth but when I return my mind to the altar to that true reference point binariness disappears binariness is my problem the atonement is my solution and in that light there is no guilt oh what a beautiful beautiful meditation I'm complete that was great thank you so much loved it thanks Lori thank you for sharing that Lori yes thank you good morning this is Sandra and I'm having some major breakthroughs here and that always happens when there's a major breakdown (laughs) and um, um, just to give you a little bit of the history um, I've been estranged from my family almost for a year and it's really uh, it's it's uh, um, contributed to a, a big purification process <laughs> and um, I haven't reached out because part of what was going on was I was reaching out because I wasn't liking um, the situation I was saying how I felt and asked for what I wanted and it it just blew up in my face um, so I, I let it be and I just I didn't you know I had to feel all these feelings of anger resentment I'm right they're wrong you know correcting them and I thought no I'm not I can't do any of that stuff because that's just gonna it's just more of the same so I left it and I have been going through a lot not only emotionally but physically and I decided that I was going to reach out this morning and I want to uh, to read you what I wrote to them because it, it just and and this is straight from my heart and I feel so free and it feels so right and I've been bringing it to Holy Spirit for a year daily and I didn't get any answers until until I was until I just had to write this to them I had to reach out and I had to write this my beautiful family I encourage you to follow your heart if that brings you back to me I am full of joy and gratitude and if that keeps you apart I'm still full of joy and gratitude because you followed your hearts I love you all unconditionally peace and good health I'm complete Oh, that gives me waves of goosebumps, Sandra. Love is the true thing. It's so beautiful. That was beautiful. Good morning. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Sandra. And good morning, everybody. 
Thank you, Sandra. It was very complete, Sandra. It was just so complete. Or just at least that was how I perceived it for both you and for them. Bravo. Yes. I agree. It was a great release. Thank you, Sandra. Well, um, this is Lana again. I wanted to share uh, this morning about this section because um, it's been an important section for me uh, for a long time. Um, And I'll tell you why. Because um, when I, my very first experience of, um, I call it meditative writing, you know, other people call it by different names, but it was um, back in, I guess, the early 70s. I, you know, was just out of college and I had my first real job and I was on my first sales trip and it was to New York City and I was all excited, but I was also scared to death. <laughs> and to keep my mind off my nervousness uh, about the, the meet, I got there the night before and the meeting was the next morning. I decided to make some notes about the meeting and um, just some jot down some things I wanted to remember. And as I was writing, that was the first time that Jesus broke through to me. And I had no idea what was happening because this was way before A Course in Miracles. Um, and although, uh, as I've shared before, Jesus kind of traveled around with me all during my life, I didn't associate him with any specific theology or teaching, you know, he was just, you know, a presence in my life. So um, when he broke through in that way, uh, what he, the first thing he said, and he repeated um, over and over again to every question I asked was look to the, his words were, look to the light within you. And at the um, end of the section, you know, uh, it mentions it so often um, and in different ways, and um, I never really knew what he meant, he, what he intended for me to do, or how I was to do it. So um, when I first, the first time I came upon this section, oh, I don't know when it was years ago, um, it was like um, instructions for me on what the blocks were, on what I was supposed to do, and why I was supposed to do it, about the guilt. And um, and I couldn't see the light because of the darkness, and I had to heal that. And um, it was just, uh, it was really like a revelation for me. You know, to, well, he kept saying, look to the light within me. And I'd asked him about all sorts of things in my life. And he would answer them, and but he would always go back to look to the light within me. He was always directing me to look within. And... Um, and I think, and, and gosh, the first 20 years that I did, that I practiced the Course in Miracles, you know, it was, um, I wasn't online. I didn't even know there was an online community. And I don't even know if the internet was around then, but um, it was up in my bedroom. It was just Jesus and me. You know, that was it. 
uh, you know, every day I'd spend some time either in the morning or the evening and I would um, read and do the workbook lessons. And there was, um, and I and I think, um, I mean, I really like that I have this community now and I can share and join and, and um but at that time, in the beginning, I thought it was, I think it was really helpful to me in training me to look within and not look without to other, you know, to other teachers, to other, to other opinions, to other interpretations. You know, it was, um, it was really helpful for me to, for Jesus to just keep directing me inward. So um, anyhow, um, you know, I think just about every section in, in this book, I have memories of. <laughs> I'm sure anybody who has been doing this for any length of time also has them. Every every uh, section, every chapter, every lesson I can read, and and I have a memory pop up of some experience relating to that section or that workbook lesson or so. Anyhow, I just thought I would share that. So thank you for listening. Oh, that was really nice, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. This is Donna. And from the lesson today, um, 145, what came to me was, my mind holds only what I think with God. And what came to me was, any other thinking only seems to be. And then, beyond this world, there is a world I want. And what I got was, I can't clean up this quote, unquote, this world. I just have to let go and let the Holy Spirit guide me from where this world seems to be is, in fact, the real world I long to see. I am complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank yep. you, Donna. What do I? It's always down to what do I value, isn't it? Thank you, Donna.
this is Lori again. And um, I, I want to speak to that feeling that arises in my mind, that feeling that uh, says it might be a true north, but I can't get there from here. There might be a truth, but I can't get there from here. Um, and it comes up, it comes up um, in the oddest of situations. And uh, and I've learned to, to recognize that feeling when it comes up, that feeling of there may be a truth, but I can't find it. There may be the way God thinks, but I can't find it. Um, that sense of helplessness that arises when I don't feel uh, aligned with the truth. It does. It comes up and, and it feels exactly like I can't get there from here. Um, so what do I do? I have to stop. <laughs> They, um, I'm reminded of that thing they have in AA, uh, that uh, acronym to HALT. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, there's some basic need I'm overlooking um, that gives me that feeling of I can't get there from here. And uh, the other expression that comes up when I'm feeling that way, well, is cast your bread upon the water. And to me, that means um, recognizing I'm in a place where I don't know how to free myself. And so I cast my bread upon the water. I say to Holy Spirit, help me, because I can't get there. From I, I know where I want to be. I want to be at peace. I want to be aligned with truth. I, I want um, I want to see it the way you see it, Father. And I need your help. And so, rather than there's two ways to cast, you know, I I can cast it out of me and put it somewhere else and see it there, or I can cast it on the water and ask for the well of spirit to answer me. And that answer will always be exactly what I need in the form and shape that speaks to my heart. And I'll recognize it as um, something that belongs to me, that I needed and fills this space that I made when I cast my bread upon the water. And that's um, how I deal with that sense of, I know there's a truth, but I can't get there from here. Rather than um, sending out the negativity, I send out the request for an answer. And it doesn't fail me. Why? Because truly God is the mind with which I think. I have real thoughts. And when I land on my real thoughts, um, I feel naturally aligned and at peace. Um, and so that's how I deal with that feeling if I can't get there from here. It's an awful feeling. 
because I know there's something I'm holding on to that I can't recognize, but I don't want it because it's disturbing me. Um, so, if that applies, why that's just excellent. I don't know even why I brought it up, but the, I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Laurie. I knew that feeling very well. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Laurie. You share, Laurie, Tlana, um reminded me this week, this, this week has been one adventure after another. And by adventure, I don't mean happy ones. <laughs> I mean um, very scary, threatening ones uh, with my daughter, with myself, um, and... Uh, and so I know that feeling because there were, uh, I mean, not not a consistent length of time or interval of time, but there were um, intervals of time where I made the stories so real that I believed in them, and they frightened me so bad. And um, if it, uh, you know, and, and of course, when that fear shows up, you know, I'll heal it with, or I'll do my best to turn it over to Holy Spirit and and heal it, or have Him heal. I should say, have Him heal it. It's not something that I do. And and for me, Laurie, that's the biggest recognition that I can't, I can't do it. You know, that's like that realization of a, I've got to give this to God because I'm clueless. And you know. Uh, when I'm in that place where there seems to be no apparent solution, and and when I and, you know and when I'm aligned with, if my mind's aligned with the ego thought system, of course where it looks, and you know I've talked about this before, its only point of reference is the past. You know that's all it has. It's any source of information. If it didn't happen in the past, then I have no. Um, access to anything else as an ego so if i see there's no solution you know a feeling of hopelessness can set in until i remember um that oh you know i'm one with god i've got the infinite mind of god at my disposal it knows everything and um in that awareness and that recognition i can turn it over to Holy Spirit because I know that that's the only place I'm gonna it's gonna be resolved in my mind you know and once my mind is healed then the effects of my thinking which show up as the story somehow it all resolves itself or you know maybe not completely but at least the terror <laughs> is diminished so um, and I had a few instances of that this week where the the story or the situation didn't change at all. You know, that was still the same. But my perspective and my perception of it 
was not threatening and I could be in a peaceful state even though um, the situation hadn't changed. It's like being in the eye of a hurricane, you know. It's um, it's like the story is like buzzing all around you with these storms and winds and but you're in the eye I'm in the eye of it in the eye of it it's perfectly calm and peace peaceful and I found at least in my experience that a, when my mind's at peace that's a very powerful state and he, that peace extends from the inner to the outer picture and um, I you know and that's probably why the situations the effects of that healing, uh, take care of the story, resolve it. So, um, anyhow, it's, um, you know, here I am, I'm still, you know, it's Thursday and, um, I'm okay, you know, in this moment, in this time, (laughs) in this, and so is Maggie in this moment. And I kid Earl when he asked me, how am I doing? That's my roommate, and I said, "Oh, I'm doing fine. Check back in 30 minutes." <laughs> you know, like, um, um, I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm fine now. <laughs> so, anyhow, you know, that's it's just this crazy mind stuff, and I don't have to judge myself for it. Or, you know, life shows up, and it's how am I like we learn in in a course of love and it's my what's important is my response to it how am i going to respond to this movie that showed up today this horse movie (laughs) or yesterday or the day before and uh because in my response you know that's that'll be key in transmuting it or transcending it or transforming it into a love story so um, anyhow, I'm going to stop now. So thanks for listening. I'm complete. Thank you, Lana. And here uh, it is Thursday. Thanks. I've been time traveling. It's <laughs> uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lana. Thanks, Lana. Thank you, guys. This is Donna. I just want to say thanks again to uh, Harrison for personalizing paragraph 19. I just recalled it again, and it's really great. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. Thanks, Donna. You're welcome.
the terrace and um, I was looking at today's lesson and uh, and how it dovetails so nicely with um, the reading and the question that was kind of ruminating in my mind is where is this world I want? Um, I I know where uh, when he refers to this world I know where that is I've been living that world for a long time so there's no mystery there but beyond this world, there's a world I want. And when I sort of dovetail that into 19, paragraph 19, um, and other paragraphs in the reading today, it's clear that the world I want is within. And it consists of the perfect faith that I've has in me within me is the truth of who I am I'm perfectly innocent unloving and loved. I am as God created me. And my objective is to consistently be in that world. The world where I am God's perfect creation and all of my brothers and sisters are God's perfect creation. Regardless of their behavior, It's getting beyond 
the images that I think I see. Um, and, and it doesn't matter what those images reflect. Uh, they can reflect the war in Ukraine. They can reflect um, the political differences in the United States, the massacres, um, those are, are images in my mind that I have placed there as my reality. But I can undo those images. I can replace those images with what is true in the world beyond this world. The world I really want. That's what I work on today. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That was lovely. Thanks, Harrison. Yes, it was. Thank you, Harrison. This is Sandra again, and I, I so appreciated what you just said, Harrison. And I, I love the uh, lesson, I need do nothing, because until it can look the way I know God's world could look, where it's unconditional love and there's no judgment, until I can express that and extend that, I need do nothing. <laughs> And that just, you know, except sit with whatever I'm feeling, you know, and let it pass through and don't judge it and don't, you know, and know that my highest and best is being served at all times, you know, and that helps me get through those times when I'm not, I I haven't gotten the guidance yet. and, and, And I can't make the guidance come any quicker than it comes. I mean, I could stomp my feet and scream and yell and say, I want what I want when I want it. I want it all and I want it now. (laughs) It ain't going to happen. It happens in God's time. All I need to do is keep doing the legwork, which is keep turning it over to Holy Spirit until I get that guidance and I feel like, yes, now it's time to, to do something and to say something. But I love, and it comforts me so much to know that it's okay to just leave things alone that my highest and best is working and so is everybody else's and just trust that. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Sandra. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, thank you, Sandra. Trust, boy, that's that's um so key, isn't it? Mm. Hi, I'm Lana. Again, I've been reflecting on this series of um, review lessons, which are all under um, my mind holds only what I think is God. And for a long, long time, that was such an abstract um, concept to me. Um, and um, but in in learning and and training my mind to trust it um, and knowing that if I'm a thought in the mind of God, then I'm in his mind. I'm in God's mind. I have no thinking mind. I have no component that's called a thinking mind separate from God's mind. That's just an impossible notion. So what I would call in this world a thinking mind is the thought system of the ego. And I'm not saying I, that's not to be used for practical purposes, you know. That certainly is needed for practical purposes. But anything having to do with um, my spiritual work or even my peace of mind or um, dealing or responding to life as it shows up, you know, I, it's comforting for me to remember that uh, my mind holds only what I think with God, and that um, and that uh, is uh, and that's a thought system that doesn't require my thinking. You know, it's not a thinking thought system it's a delivery system <laughs> i like to think of it as you know my thought those thoughts of god are delivered to my mind they show up in my mind when i ask them to or when i have a question or when i'm seeking guidance and and um and yes patience sometimes is required but i know that um in order to receive them and recognize them i need to quiet the thinking mind of the ego and the and the way i found helpful to do that is to keep 
my focus and attention and awareness in a present mode, a present state, um, mindfulness. And because when my mind is present and focused on the in the present moment, um, it's not um, thinking. You know, it's 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 more of a, a listening or being mode. It's um, it's just a being. You know, I think of that more. That describes it for me more than anything else. I'm just being. I'm being right here, right now, with you guys talking, or I'm being with a meal, <laughs> or I'm being on the porch reading, or I'm being whatever, I'm cooking. You know, so I'm always being in the present moment. And it's only when my mind or my awareness starts to wander off into an imaginary thought system that believes it can think <laughs> and dream up a lot of stuff that uh, I leave this present peace, this present state of being and uh, have these um, adventures which a lot of times aren't can be not all the time but uh, can be um, not peaceful you know so um, every uh, every one of these review lessons has is reminding me that my mind holds only what I think with God in connection with it, with the review with the lessons they're reviewing you know beyond this world there is a world i want and it is impossible to see two worlds and you know i i i think of it's impossible to see two worlds just like it's impossible to have two thought systems you know it's it's no different because the world is inside my mind um, and I project it out there, and if I'm projecting from the ego, it's not going to be a very happy world that's reflected back to me. Um, but if I'm extending from the mind, I think, with God, um, that I share with God, then it's going to be a reflection of that. So I like how... Um, this lesson, this one idea, my mind holds only what I think with God, can be applied to every single lesson in the workbook in relation to it because that's where I reside in truth. That's my home with all of you and with God. Um, you know, that's mission control. <laughs> and I can relate to everything I see everything I experience, everything I imagine. You know, what I can, if I want to know the truth of anything, I need but remember that my mind hold on, holds only what I think with God. And that's the source of my being. It's the source of everything I see or experience. And I have to keep that um, clear in my mind or else confusion can set in and I can get become very confused. And confusion is just one step away from fear um you know it's like if i stay if i don't heal my confusion you know i'm going to be afraid of something <laughs> so anyhow i really i like this whole review section um it keeps me grounded it keeps me centered and reminds me of you know where i truly reside with god so i'm complete thank you That's beautiful, Anna. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Yes, thank you, Lana. And uh, I think I'll leave that as the closing for the call and uh, or for the recorded portion and we'll stay on afterwards.